Welcome back to the MMA Origin Stories podcast. This week, I'm joined by longtime MMA fan and founder of Sponsorite, Ricky Shock. Thanks again to the contributors of the show, Advantage Design and Build, Mauler MMA, MMAXDeniston.net and Anthony Westall Green. Please remember to like and subscribe to the show on your listening platform of choice and on social media. Playing the scene as usual, my good friend, Lewis Clay. Ricky, thank you very much for joining me this evening, mate. How is uh, how is it in the in the sunny northwest? Yes, yeah, sunny for once. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've got the same weather as you at the moment. It's quite a nice spell at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit it's a bit nice and warm. It's a bit nice and warm. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But mate, um, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, this is this is obviously the first time me and Ricky are meeting, so we're we're having a everything we're hearing from each other is for the first time, which is always nice. It's a, as pure reactions as there is. But um, yep. but Ricky, so just to set the scene for everybody, um, you're a, you're a, you're an MMA fan. You've been an MMA fan for for a good number of years. You've in and around the scene done a little bit of training over the years on and off more off than on um but, <laughs> more off than on yeah <laughs> say that again yeah. <laughs> and um and but like the beautiful thing that you're doing for the MMA scene at the minute or, or for the future of MMA is um you started sponsor right so you started sponsor right which is helping um he's helping gyms he's helping shows he's helping anybody uh com- competitors as well fighters anybody in the MMA community um, I'm not going to go into any more of it than that. What we do is we'll park that for a little bit later on. We'll find out about how you got involved in, in or how you stumbled across MMA in the first place uh, or, or combat sports. And then we'll speak a little bit later on about sponsor right. And we, we'll go through, we'll give you your slot to to go through that in, in as much detail or as little detail as you want. So uh, just, just yeah. don't incriminate yourself. That's all. <laughs> yeah. 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 No incrimination and try not to support everyone. <laughs> yeah. If you're giving people Chinese burns, so they, uh, so they give out sponsorship. <laughs> you don't want it on the show. So, yeah. <laughs> so mate, so at, at, like going all the way back, all the way back, many, many moons ago, what, what first got you into MMA then Ricky? So if I'm completely honest, it was, I can't remember the year. I must have been around about 17 because I remember I was still living with my um, nana at the time and uh, I used to spend all my time in my bedroom playing the PlayStation 2 Uh, and I come across a pride game I think it was on sale and you know it got me got my money for that week I think I worked at JD Sports at the time so it wasn't the biggest wage you can imagine back then Um, and I'd gone and bought myself a few games and, and this pride fc came out on the 
PlayStation 2 and it came with a free DVD and I'd just seen it as a fighting game and I used to, you know, I used to like all the fighting games and stuff, the old Tekkens and stuff. So I'd got it and thought I'd give it a go. And uh, yeah, I, I whipped the DVD on before I started playing the game and it introduced me to to the brutal world of, uh, of of Pride MMA back then with the likes of, you know, Vandalay Silva, uh, Gary Goodridge, Semi Schlitt, um, you know, there was there was loads of them on it. Rampage Jackson, I think, was there back yeah. in his early days. Tito Ortiz. So it gave me like it was a bit of an eye-opening experience. I'd, obviously, I used to be quite into boxing. My dad, my dad loved the boxing over the years, and we used to stay up for the fights together. But this kind of like wowed me. And then obviously, I got into the game as well, and you could do everything that they could do on the videos with slams and great combos kicks and punches it's not just your typical you know um fight game and yeah it uh it 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 got me interested but the problem was is it it was the first taste i had of it and i didn't really know where to get any more of it so you know other than playing this game constantly for a couple of years it didn't really it didn't really spark anything until i'd probably say the you know the first um the first series of the Ultimate Contender. That was when I when I truly got hooked. I think if I remember right, it used to be on late night on Bravo or something like that. Yeah. Back yeah, on yeah. back when when Digital Freeview first came out. Yeah. I think it used to be on that late night, and it was um I think it was a rerun of the first series, and it might have been the first viewing over here of the first series, and and that I, I you know I tuned into I, I I luckily tuned into the first episode when they were um sort of introducing all the all the contenders for it and yeah i was hooked on the series then so i made a point of kind of following you know follow-up series um and that was how i first started knowing about mma obviously it was quite distant then though because it was all america yeah first exposure to it in the uk funnily enough uh, a, a childhood friend of mine um always been a rugby player avid avid sports player um but he was he was always like he was he was really nice and really funny he wasn't even though he, he played rugby he wasn't like you know a big hefty rugby player um and he wasn't really the type that i ever imagined to do anything of a violent nature and i bumped into yeah. him after years and not seeing him and he told me like he'd been training mixed martial arts and i said what the cage fighting type yeah yeah that's what i've been doing yeah and the fact that he did it sort of like for oh well you know got a bit cocky and thought well if he does it i can do it and yeah you know yeah. You, you don't realize you, 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 back then when when you like oh so well me <laughs> certainly yeah. at that time you've got you think you can fight because you've had a few street fights but in reality you can't you've got no stamina no athleticism you yeah. think if somebody who, who you think can't fight in the street can, can get into this and do it then you can too um and I was quickly proven wrong at that point. Yeah. I initially, <laughs> initially, he used to train with uh, Aaron Wilkinson back at Daywalkers yeah. um, MMA. Uh, and I, he introduced me to some of the guys there. Alex Minogue was there at the time. Um, obviously, Jordan Wilkinson, Aaron's brother. Um, he he used to spend quite a bit of time with me. He kind of looked after me when I was there, even though he was younger than me. He took me under his wing and, yeah. and helped me out a bit. But... Um, if I'm honest, you know, my 
I, I wasn't in a physical state where I could keep up with those guys. And <laughs> it, it was just embarrassing week in, week out. And I think I did it for about maybe, I don't know, three, four months um, before I sort of hung, hung the gloves that I never had up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because, like I say, I just I just couldn't keep up. I really wanted to, to get into it and enjoy it. But I've, I, in, in terms of sports, you know, for anyone that knows me, they've seen my physique. I'm not, I'm not exactly the athletic yeah. type. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, yeah, despite multiple sort of ins and outs and the occasional training session upon getting invited i haven't got any hands-on experience of mma yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah but you know shortly after that time um when i had been training and made some contacts within it um i then started working on shows and and you know that's kind of a separate story yeah 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 so how, how, what what did you first start doing on shows then ricky so uh adam tay who uh runs full contact contender i actually went to school with adam mm-hmm. um we were friends through school and um he'd been doing a bit of fighting himself he'd been doing quite well he actually um his his best friend at the time uh lived next door next door to me in 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 the flats and we'd bump into each other and have a catch up every now and again and he told me he was looking to put together the first full contact contender um and he'd been putting he'd been doing matchups obviously at the time there wasn't it wasn't like today where you could quite easily fill a card of mma you know yeah start shows i mean even some of them now have to do you know they have to host k1 bouts boxing in the cage um you know tie boxing whatever they can get really to to fill a card of fights and adam was telling me he was struggling getting as many mma fights on um as he wanted to get on um so i kind of reached out to aaron for him asked aaron because at the time obviously not only did aaron have his own gym of fighters but he'd also been coaching at the wolf slayer before that went um so i knew he had some of the you know some of the best contacts in the northwest in terms of you know getting some game lads on who, who wanted a scrap and um we all managed to sort of get together and Aaron gave Adam a few fighters from from his gym and put him in touch with some others. Managed to make some good matchups and and I'd sort of as I'd been getting involved with the show, um, Adam, I just sort of agreed to help out. I wanted to kind of be there for me. I, I just said I'd help out just so I could do something that had me in in the building without me having to pay and yeah. Um, I was about to say a free ticket because that's the only reason I started judging. Yeah, it's, yeah. So he. Um, at the time, it started off like obviously, but back in them initial show days, you, you wear many hats. Anyone who's involved wears many hats. You know, it, we were unofficial security, we were stewards because obviously you could only afford the bare minimum amount of security for the venue. Um, so we we rafted in some friends to help steward. Um, I did a bit of stewarding. We did the we set up the room ourselves. You know, literally hands on, getting stuck in um from the first show before we were in the kind of venues that that sort of do all that stuff for you you know um and yeah it it kind of went from there so so after the first one it, it went really well actually a funny story fight of the night on the first ever full contact contender was my flatmate and my best mate from work <laughs> they actually both did thai boxing yeah and they really disliked each other but 
they both also used to work together. Um, my flatmate left our job, but still obviously stayed with me uh, yeah. at the house. And and the other lad was one of my best mates in work. So they'd end up playing like five aside together because they still had the works football teams and stuff. But they were always like going in hard on each other, taking each other out, kicking off, screaming at each other. Um, and like I'd get in work and and one lad would be like what's that prick been saying and then I'd go yeah. home from work and he'd be like what's that dickhead been saying so uh, like after after a, a year or so of this I was like right you two have got a chance to fight here I'm getting you on this show and they yeah. were both up for it like and and they both went in there and gave it their all and it was a barn burner of a fight they just beat bells out of each other for the entire three rounds um and yeah, end up end up getting fight of the night. <laughs> um, yeah. So Adam was happy to have me around then. Obviously, I'd got I'd got a few good contacts for him. I'd helped out with the show and and stuff, and it, and it kind of went from there. He, he should have made you matchmaker, Adam. You're out of order. Ricky should have been matchmaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, um, it just went from there. So obviously, when you start putting on these shows, you 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 get contacts. Obviously, everyone's the one thing that I love about the MMA. Um, the MMA scene or community as it were is that you know it is a great community to be a part of um, you know from the outside looking in it could be quite intimidating but when you're actually in there it's a complete opposite everyone sort of helps out with each other everyone's you know I mean obviously there's politics between gyms and stuff like that which is natural but when you're actually kind of independent like myself you know like I didn't have any affiliations I wasn't trading at a gym um you know I was I, I I took the role mainly of floor manager so I was there to help everybody not just specific people um I got some I got some really good contacts and you know some of my closest friends became the likes of uh Brad Wharton who commentated I think he started commentating from maybe the second FCC show Jamie Hay um again we we were really close and as as they started getting work on other shows doing commentating and things like that they'd bring me along and um you know offer to have me help you know floor manage give advice to shows that i'd not currently worked with because there was a lot of new up-and-coming shows that, that, that they were getting um took on for um who hadn't had the experience i was probably at this point you know four five six shows deep with with adam and um I'd, I'd, I'd eventually move on to shows. I'd work on shows like uh, Shinobi in Liverpool, um, Ice FC with Tom Blackledge. Um, I'd done, I think I did one of Sean Martin's shows as well in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd sort of bounce around. Obviously, Sh- Shinobi and Paul Reed's show ended up becoming Cage Warriors Northwest. So I'd done the Cage yeah. Warriors Northwest shows up for, for while they was on. So yeah, I've bounced about over the years, mate. I've, uh, I've, I've like say ten, <laughs> ten years of shows before I even considered uh, what 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 I could do myself and and what sponsor I is now. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but that must have been good though, because like early days, if we're talking, what are we talking like almost fifteen years ago, something like that, thirteen years ago, just less. Yeah, I'd probably say when I was initially training. It was probably 13 to 15 years ago, but then there was a period of not much. And then I think FCC probably came around about 
10, 11 years ago. I think yeah. FCC, I think last year celebrated its 10th year anniversary, maybe there or thereabouts. So okay. yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been a solid run of 10, 11 years, but I officially got introduced probably 18 years ago when that game yeah. was was around. I probably yeah, yeah. started watching it a bit more frequently and sort of engaging in it myself, you know, probably 13, 14 years ago. And then, and then, like I say, the the shows and 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 actually being involved in the community has has been over the last 10 years or so. Yeah, and and that's the that's the beauty what I find of MMA. Exactly what you said about the community itself. That the MMA community is. Yes, there's politics. Yes, there's people that don't get on with each other. But you find that in a family. You find brothers that don't get on. You find cousins and aunties and uncles and whoever else that don't get on. And it's – but the MMA community itself, you can essentially – if somebody's doing good for it, you can – you could bet your bottom dollar that that person is going to move around to different shows. He's going to help out with different pieces. And like you said, so you you, – from – from starting 18 ish years ago, whatever it may have been, picking up a computer game because it looks like a fighting game. And from that point to now, where you've worked on a number of shows, you've done a, a number of different tasks at a number of different shows as well, especially like with being asked to do so many shows as well, Ricky, showed that you you actually were pretty decent at what you did. Um and and possibly still do as well if you're still helping out Adam and the guys over there. Um and mate, and this is what it's all about people don't have to be and this is this is what people often don't understand is and, and that's the whole point of this podcast just because you're not a fighter doesn't mean you're not a um a key part of the mixed martial arts community someone like yourself right. you've done a bit of training you you realized it wasn't for you for whatever reason you realized it wasn't for you but you've stuck with it for your love of the sport your absolute diehard love of the sport you're keeping on moving forward and all those years that you were working on the shows for let's face it probably a burger and a pat on the back most of the time <laughs> yeah. and sometimes yeah. you'd have been you, you'd have been hoping that burger was uh, adam is that burger coming anytime soon yeah because i've been here since midday yeah. <laughs> when i when i first started when i didn't change locations to um to the Reebok Stadium back then obviously it's a, yeah. I think it's the University of Bolton Stadium now or something but when he first moved over to that venue it was Reebok Stadium and obviously it was the White so the Vere White's hotel at the time and I used to work like pretty much two days for him so you'd spend the day before doing weigh-ins room set up and things like that and then uh, obviously all day of the show um, and all I initially used to ask for was my tea on the Friday. He used to take all the team out for something to eat. Still does, to, to be fair, I'm doing the weigh-ins this Friday. Um, yeah. I'm helping him officiate the weigh-ins and he still takes everyone out. Bless him. He, you know, he looks after anyone that helps him out on the day. Um, so we used to go out for tea. He'd, he'd buy me a couple of pints if I ended up stopping on the Friday, if he had a spare hotel room. Because he used to get, allo- back then, he used to get allocated hotel rooms when you rented the room. Not yeah. so much anymore. It costs him a bloody fortune for those yeah. types of venues. Yeah. But and 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 certainly the hotel rooms don't come with it anymore. But back then, if he had a spare hotel room, I'd stay behind. He'd buy me a few pints, and then you know I'd insist on a hotel room after the event, and that'd essentially be my pay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I'd, I'd, I'd sit there from from after the first few fights were out of the way. I'd, I'd have a couple of beers. I'd be on the bear all night running about, yeah. having a bear, doing the job, having a bear. Um, and uh, and yeah, then the after parties was with someone else as well. Like because yeah. again, back then, you know, it was it was pretty usual for fighters to, you know, stay over and go for a drink after the the events and. You know, there were lots of staff all used to stay behind and stuff. So yeah, we had some we had some great times back then and, and my wages were literally food, beer tokens and, and somewhere to rest my head. Um the rest of it was just all fun for me. You know, it wasn't it it wasn't a job. It was it was yeah. you know, socializing, catching up with good friends and good people, um, watching the fights, making sure everyone's safe uh, and happy and yeah, it it's 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 it doesn't feel like a job you know yeah i, I remember going to I, i'm not a big party i'm not a big after party guy when we go to um when i do some shows we might go out for something to eat just quick afterwards like the officials we'd go out together and get something to eat um or, or when we've done a couple of shows abroad we'll go to we'll go and find a pub or, or like a bar or whatever we'll just sit down get something to eat have a have a bit of a chill out yeah after wind down yeah, yeah, yeah. I know when we did Bulgaria, there wasn't much, uh, the couple of times we did Bulgaria, there wasn't much for us to go to afterwards. We literally went to the shop, bought a load of beers and sat in the hotel reception because uh, the hotel bar had closed. So we just went and bought a load of beer. We were like, can we sit down here though? And the receptionist was like, I'm here anyway. So if you're going to sit there, sit there. And we just went up, the, bowled up the shop, bought a load of beers, come back, had a couple of drinks. But um I remember going to an after party once. I went to um, I went to watch my mate fight at uh, UCMMA, and um, we got because we got VIP tickets. They were like, "Oh, you got this comes with tickets to the after party." There's lo- like all the ring girls are there, all these people are there. And my mates, they were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go." And um, we've walked up. And I shit you not, it was the biggest cockfest you've ever come across in your whole entire life. <laughs> it was like it was like half the venue had all been told that the like all the single blokes that were there, half the venue had been told there's gonna be loads of birds there, and all of the single blokes walked up. I walked up there, I was a couple of my mates were like, Yeah, let's go and have a chat, like chat up the birds. And they walked up, they were so disappointed. I was like, Look, let's have it, let's have it right. How many girls were actually in the audience watching people get <laughs> yeah. punched in the head, yeah, that weren't being dragged along by their other halves? And how yeah. many of those that, that that were single and ready to mingle have wanted to come up to this place? And if they did, they would have had about 50 blokes to one single female up there. So it was yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not. I mean, even that's changed, hasn't it? Like the audience now it is a much more mixed audience. It's, yeah. you know, with the sport growing and becoming more mainstream. But again, you think back to back in the day, especially when you were at events that were held in, you know, sports halls and um, and stuff like that. Like a working men's the, the, clubs, the, and the, shit, the, yeah, yeah, working men's clubs and you know, boxing clubs <laughs> switched out for yeah. a cage or whatever it might have been. Like the the, the man to woman ratio <laughs> was certainly not what it was today. Yeah. It was certainly not as uh, as as equally split audiences. Is what you'd see today. I mean, obviously, I think it is. You know, it, ultimately, with most combat sports, you, you tend to get a greater majority of, of men over women, just because, you know, naturally, that's that's who's more attracted to to violence. But I think because it has become more mainstream, and venues have become a lot more, um, you know, 
a lot better you know people yeah. are, people are really spending money on big venues big production you know um with the rise of social media like it, it it's done it's done wonders for the for the sport and you know it's nice to reminisce to, yeah. to hear stories like that and you just think yeah i remember those after parties yeah. too those, <laughs> those after parties where you thought oh yeah let's see who's back there tonight and it was literally just all all the blokes like just getting yeah. get pissed getting get smashed <laughs> to pieces yeah, yeah. on oh, overpriced beer i mean I, I i went to my first show uh 2001 and it was i i think the only females that were in the room were the ring girls some of the girlfriends or wives that, that had been dragged along and the waiting staff that was it the like the bar staff yeah. and the waiting staff that was it there wasn't there wasn't many that were going purely to watch the fights that they were it, it's it's beautiful now that that there's so many more females involved in the sport and so many more in females sport, coming to watch yeah, it yeah yeah i mean it's great as well. it's great that you know the the platform that they've been given i mean like you said we're going to talk about sponsor right a little bit more later but um you know i'm 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 a massive supporter of women in, in mma and you know i did a little um campaign this year for for international women's day whereby i wanted to take on some more women on the team to you know to, to help promote those as athletes as well and um you know i i mean my life has drastically changed since those days those after party days have been long gone since i had a little girl yeah. Uh, you know i'm married I, I met my wife um you know within within a year we have within a year of meeting we had the baby so you know oh, well, i was yeah, yeah i was pretty quick, quick. i was pretty yeah quick yeah yeah within two years we were married so like my outlook on all that's changed because you know um like my little girl is now uh, six years old she's been training mma since she was uh just before she turned five so since she was four years old and that world that we knew is not the world that i'd want her in like yeah. and to see women being you know promoted equal uh you know headlining shows um you know not just um not just like global shows that likes ufc like the the leaders like I think we we recently did we not did we not a regional show just have I think Golden Ticket Fight Promotions just put on the first main event for a regional women's oh, okay. uh, pro women's fight so yeah, yeah. It, you know it's even showing that like it's not just the it's not just the leaders in the game that are doing this like it's branching down to 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 the depth of the regional sports that you know women women have got a great opportunity in the sport as well yeah and it's great and, and that's Mate, and that's a big thing. Like, I, I've been in and around. Well, I've I've been officiating in the sport since 2011, and I've not officiated a female main event yet. But that is that it's coming. It's definitely coming. Yeah. And, and we've missed some. Like, I worked on a on a lot of Molly McCann's early fights as well down at Shock and Awe. Um, and she she brought a, a fucking gang with her whenever she fought. Yeah and and it was it, she had one or two at shinobi as well that i was at um yeah. and yeah it's a sight to behold in it i mean yeah. especially especially at shinobi which was at limp at the olympia uh yeah. in liverpool you know it, she she packed the place out and it was it was it was great to see yeah 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 and that's the thing like we've got 
we've got this next generation of females coming through and similar to yourself like my daughter she's seven now and she's been training um i haven't got her into striking but um she's been doing jiu-jitsu brazilian jiu-jitsu for since i think it was october 2019 she started so give or take a few months for covid where she couldn't really go because the the gyms were closed but as soon as the gym was back open again she was up there doing it again and um yeah it's 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 awesome i mean you know in terms of in terms of adaptability for 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 kids it it teaches so much more than just self-defense it's you yeah. know it's everything else that comes with it and i, I do genuinely believe that brazilian jiu-jitsu is the most effective form of uh, of defense certainly for kids you know you shouldn't yeah. be teaching kids to punch bells out of each other if you know most of the time they end up rolling about on the floor and pulling each other's hair anyway so if you could teach them yeah. to roll about on the floor and control the other person without you know without hurting them unless you absolutely have to then you know, for me, it's it's certainly the right way. BJJ is uh, it's it, it's rapidly growing and deservedly so amongst amongst youths as well. Yeah, and and I always said like with my daughter, and this will go for any female really. If um if the worst was to happen and they find themselves in a scenario where somebody is trying to take advantage of them, whether that be in a sexual manner or just in any manner, they're trying to take advantage of them for some reason. If if it's a male males are generally not always they're generally stronger and could overpower the females physically generally not always but generally when and And certainly at a younger age as well you know at younger age certainly before you've sort of reached adulthood it's even if they're not physically stronger they're much more intimidating you know again you know generally speaking like lads lads will intimidate girls and lads will tend to be a bit more aggressive um in their nature certainly and i've always wanted it isn't it yeah i've always wanted it that my daughter if a if a if a man or a woman decided that they were going to try and physically try and subdue her for whatever reason i would know yeah yeah she'd 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 roll back into guard. She'd either sweep them and punch their fucking head in for them, or she'd, <laughs> or, yeah. or, or, or I'm gonna teach her. I'm gonna teach her to just grab something and twist it until it goes snap. Yeah. yeah. Put, put them in a made, triangle and talk to them. Tell them yeah. how long it is before they go to sleep. Any minute now, you're gonna be you're gonna be snoring, and then once you're snoring, I'm gonna roll you off of me. And uh, I don't laugh know. at you. Take pictures yeah. and post it on Facebook. Yeah. I'm going to strip you naked, tie your tail, and post a call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but mate, I'm like that's my I, I jest, but it's but that's my ethos with my daughter is I, I want her to be able to learn jujitsu to a to a good level that yeah. that um that she can look after herself without having to resort to to throwing strikes because if if she was to get into a a, a striking match with somebody it's it's a lot easier to claim self-defense if you don't strike somebody you could do a lot more damage in in a kimura or 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 something else or in a leg lock or anything like that but it's a lot easier to claim self-defense if you don't strike and and for for, she's my princess as well she's not she's not going to be doing any of that striking stuff (laughs) we have her in um i mean she does do so <clears throat> Layla trains at uh, Berry MMA. It's run by um, 
John O'Mears, I don't know whether you know John O. He's he's come up through regional scene, uh, FCC, Budo, stuff like that. He was uh, the guy who went viral for doing the first ever Boston Crab, if you remember. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> um, so John O's gym's only literally like a stone's throw away from my house. Um, and I just wanted to get her in somewhere local to see how she took to it. And he's, he's absolutely awesome with the kids' classes. I, you know, I can't give him enough credit um for for the way he treats Layla and um even though they do striking there's no it's not like if you took her to a like a like a traditional Muay Thai club or a kickboxing club um you'd learn technique but then you do a bit of sparring and stuff like that like these do occasional pad work it's more technique footwork stuff like that so even the <clears throat> excuse me even the uh striking classes that she attends both boxing and and uh Muay Thai the the very light touch uh, which yeah. I think is right for kids I'm not I'm not all about this um you know certainly you know heavy head strikes sparring and stuff like that like training them as if as if they're adults at an early age I'm I'm not about that um and I think I think like you've said if you are going to get kids certainly when they're going in from four five six seven year old you know, if you are going to get them into striking classes, you you want to be careful. You want them in there for the right reasons. You don't want them thinking they can go around, you know, putting it on someone with the with the fists or the feet, yeah, um, for the wrong reasons and stuff. And and like I say, you know, Jono does a good job in both, you know, explaining the techniques and and what to do, and also warning them from using it and stuff like that which i mean obviously you expect that kind of stuff but he also creates a great atmosphere for all the kids and that's that's the only reason why i let it continue i think if i had took her to a more traditional white tie gym where they let them have a go like even at that age like it's, I, I don't necessarily disagree with it to be honest i think if it's right for your child then good on you like because mm-hmm. at the end of the day like there's there's a there's these videos out there of kids that can that can really do it and these guys are going to be you know top of the world someday um but i think for me like 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 you've just said there she's my little princess and i don't want yeah. to don't i don't want to go in too hard too early or you know maybe even getting put off as well because like me when i when i was a kid as well i was a bit soft i did a bit of karate back in the day and i didn't like the sparring um i like doing my katas and i like doing my technique and when we when we did a bit of sparring, I'd get a bit sulky, but yeah, you'd always get through it. But yeah, um, you know, I could have been a bit. I was a bit mad as a kid, to be honest. So, so, so you was one of those weird children that liked the guitars. Jesus, Ricky, yeah, so yeah, finding a lot about you today. Yeah. I was. Uh, <laughs> I got up to like. I got up to like brown. I don't know how I managed to do it, just liking cutters and uh and and technique work but i did i, I missed my black belt grading like three because he only used to come round about once every six months yeah <clears throat> and i was only 11 when i when i could have first took it i think the first time i could have took my black belt grading i was in year seven of high school yeah and by the time i'd missed the third one i was midway through year eight and i was like Karate's not cool anyway. I'm not doing this shit anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, and again, that was the end of me doing sports quite yeah. quickly for a while. Um, 
Yeah, I, there's a pattern emerging. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just hope my pattern of giving stuff up doesn't apply to sponsor. Right, I hope I manage <laughs> to keep this one going. <laughs> Seems to be doing some good in the world. I'm not so sure my training was, but yeah. Well, I was going to say that's a, that's a wonderful promotion for you for your for the business. Yeah, I just hope I don't. I just hope I don't lose interest and give up on it. Yeah. 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 yeah well, I've, I've managed to stay in MMA for this long, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In about three weeks' time, he's like, guys, it's been a good ride, but uh, you're on your own now. So, yeah. <laughs> I've gave you some introductions. You can do the rest. You don't need me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm starting up something new, and uh, that'll be around for about a year as well. So, yeah, yes. Until <laughs> uh, the tax returns have to be done. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Sell it before you have to do a tax return. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, so so moving through, obviously, we've seen a little bit about about your younger self. We've seen we've heard a little bit about um how you got involved in the sport and how you got involved in MMA. Um, so like looking back over the last ten years ish for for um for working on MMA shows and being involved in MMA shows, obviously FCC is, is, is your one and only because that was, that was the first and, and, and still the current. Um, is there anything that really stood out for you in that sort of time frame that, that made you think, and this is only for, for anybody that, that wants to get involved in a show and wants to get involved in MMA as, as a, as a whole, anything stand out for you that you could really go, wow, I was, I was there for that. Or I was yeah, I mean, listen, there's been there's been so many highlight moments. I mean, one of the one of the best things I've had out of the long term involvement is seeing the growth of 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 athletes throughout. Um, I'll come back to that though because I think what mm-hmm. you're more edging towards is what are some of the fights that that really stand out in your memory. And obviously, it's a tough one to think of ten years worth of content, but there are a couple that yeah. I do rec- always recall off the top of my head. I mean, one of them is um, is a fight, an amateur fight, between um, Martin Chester and Ashley Reese on mm-hmm. FCC. I can't remember which FCC it was, but I would advise anyone at all who has an interest in uh, the UK MMA scene to, to look that fight up. I mean, Ashley's obviously gone on now to, to Bellator. Um, yeah. Martin, I see him every now and again at venues. He's tying with the idea of coming back, but I think he sort of took took the took a route into a, a career as opposed to you know staying in the fight game. But wow, what, I mean, that was some back and forth, absolute slobber knocker of a fight. Um, also stand out one of the, I think one of if not the first fight I ever took my wife to was uh, one of the Shinobi shows, and it was the one where Adam Ventry fought Dylan Took. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, uh, if if no one's ever seen that fight, I, I, I would probably say that's got to be up there with one of my favourite fights ever in MMA, not just UK MMA or regional MMA, like MMA full stop. It was... I think it was more so. Everyone used to call me Fat Ventra. Like, they used to call me like, you know, <laughs> I was either Ventry's fat dad or Ventry's fat brother or or whatever because we both you know, both had ginger hair and ginger beards. So similar yeah. similar haircuts and, and beard styles. Um, and obviously not similar bodies. 
so I was hopefully lovingly known as Venture's fat, <laughs> fat <laughs> counterpart. Um, <laughs> but I'd known I'd known Venture for a while, and uh, well, I'd known like all the all the next gen guys. I think next. <laughs> The next gen guys were probably one of the longest groups to get into despite work spending so much time with they're a very close-knit family but once you are in with them they're a really good group of guys i mean i can say that about almost everyone to be fair i'm the, yeah. the point i'm making with next gen is that i felt like i put the work in to get in with them and yeah. and it and it was worth it and, and ventry was uh one of the ones that i was really close to we always used to have a good chat at every show and I'd introduced him to the missus and um, the missus hadn't really seen much in terms of live fighting. Like I say, I can't remember whether it was a first or a second, but she'd not been to Mena. And and everyone was sort of saying, you know, if if it goes on the ground, that's the only time Ventry's going to get a chance. Otherwise, you know, Dylan's going to light him up striking. And wow, Ventry came out and just unleashed pure and utter fury on him. I think it took everyone by surprise. Um, no one expected it to be the kind of fight it was. And I think in the end, if I remember right, Ventry did miss out. Um, but what, I mean, what a fight. Like, I've, I, I've got, I've got close to people over the years and stuff like that. And, and you, as an independent representative at a show, someone who's not supposed to be for or against anyone, I usually withhold my screens. But that night, because I was off and because I was with my wife, my wife was getting into it. And I was on the, I was on a table with, a, I think I was with a load of sponsors and guests for Chanel because obviously I worked there. So I'd, I'd, because I was having the night off, I'd been put on that table and they were getting into it. And, you know, it, I was just going absolutely mental. But I had I had similar experiences at FCC, but I was always working, so I could never really get so into it that yeah. I was in those kind of states. Because, like I say, as as someone working there and being there to help and support all the teams on both sides, you know, I'd, I'd I, I, you might find me doing the odd cheer and clap and you know and, and supporting sometimes i'd even go and stand with some of my you know some of the fighters families and and just let them know that i was there to support them but i couldn't really say much you know the there'd be things that i'd do but that night i <laughs> really did scream and shout for that fight and it was it was one of the best but coming back to the like what really stands out over the years and what i love is just seeing some of these what were kids do outstandingly well like i say ashley reese is one of the ones i just mentioned he's in bellator now you know earning earning good money in his contract you've got the likes of paddy pimlet i seen him first um i think he, he fought comrade hayes on cage warriors when he got the flying triangle mm -hmm. um that was the first time i'd ever seen him and i knew comrade and didn't really know paddy that well because again like i said back back in the day it took me a long time to get in with next gen yeah. comrade had fought on the show and um, again, the way he dispatched Conrad and the way he's grown over the years and the way he handles yeah. himself and, and stuff. The likes of Tom Aspinall, again, FCC champion from, from back in the day. Brendan Lochnain, he's just, you know, phenomenal guy to watch. And I, like, I could sit here for hours and ream names of people that I've just seen grow and grow and grow and see success. And and that that, to me, is the best part of working in it you know that once you've once you've done your time in in mma like 
there are true rewards to it outside of personal rewards and and meeting some of these teams and meeting the fighters and seeing them go on to such big things it's just you know it's phenomenal that, Wait, that's that's it is the best yeah and and, and it that's that's exactly the same as me watching people move through i remember the first time i worked on a on a killer cam event down um uh down in margate where and it was the first time i came across darren stewart and, and darren just obliterated his, his opponent uh cole cole kingslow um just there was a knee to the head that he was beating him up on the feet beating him up on the ground as Carl went to get up, Darren landed this knee and all I had, all I could see in my head. And especially if I look back on it now, all there is, is that meme that just says, do you want to see a dead body? Because like, and, and this isn't me taking the piss out of Carl. It's the fact that Darren flatlined him. Carl just landed on the deck, like hands by his side, face first, fucking blood pissing everywhere. And wow. It was just like, oh, my God. And and the bit that made me smile, like not smile about him, this happened to him, I was judging the fight. These kids, like young kids, probably 18, 19, 20 at most, probably university students or something like that. They're running up to the cage. They're laughing and they're trying to take pictures of him flatlined. Um, there was this there was this motorbike motorcycle enthusiasts i think they prefer <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. called Ricky. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah they've they've literally bowled over to these kids and they went you take one more fucking picture you're gonna look like that and they, <laughs> these kids they've just gone white as sheets and just just <laughs> fucked off because yeah. these these guys they knew like that they're as I say, they're motorcycle enthusiasts and they're, yeah. they're uh, they, they only wear those those um uh, th- those vests so they know that each other are on the same motorcycle enthusiast and they can follow <laughs> each other as they're riding. But yeah. they they knew what was going on. They knew he yeah. was back hurt. And that was it was such a heartwarming moment for me in all of that madness and everything that was going on, trying to make sure Carl was all right, watching watching Darren uh uh explode with passion because he's just he's just beat he's just beat carl and in that moment seeing that happen i was like that they're they're true mma fans they've come down yeah, there, yeah. they've watched they're completely neutral between the two two guys and they're like hold tight that ain't on stop yeah that. that's not right yeah and it's just but, it, the, it was, but, but, the, but again the community is full of that like yeah you know ultimately all the audiences are full of people that train with the fighters you know people that attend the gym with the fighters um you know and and you'll go in there and the biggest and burliest and scariest looking people will be some of the nicest you know polite people you'll meet and you know in the same sense, some of the ugliest little scrawny ones are some of the worst ones you'll meet. You want yeah. to stay away yeah. from. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the, such is life, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So look, we've we've gone through we've gone through quite a bit of stuff with with how you got involved, um, some of the experiences, some of the highs, and some of the, to, the not so much of the lows that, that that you've gone through in your MMA, uh, in in your side of the MMA sport. Uh, the MMA sport, fucking hell, that was terrible <laughs> English, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> but um, what? Um, so, mate, 
we've got to give some time. We've got to give some time to. Yeah, Scott we should. Right. We should probably yeah, talk yeah. about it. Still, <laughs> yeah. reason people, you had me here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not the only reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also needed someone to fill this week's this week's podcast. No, it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. you, That's right, mate. Um, but it's it's um. So yes, yeah, so that that like a big part for you in MMA now. Obviously, you've done your time working as a floor manager and, and working on various shows uh, around the northwest sponsor right let's 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 give sponsor right the time it deserves so so what what started what well number one tell people what sponsor right is okay and then once you've told them what it is ricky tell us how it came to fruition how you started it and how you've moved it forward to, to the beast that it is today okay so um sponsor right is essentially an agency um, obviously there's only me who's acting as the agent but the, the idea is to expand in time and hopefully be able to help a lot more people than what we currently do but the idea behind the agency is to focus solely on um, finding funding um, for those involved with both athletically and in terms of those who are providing platforms or services for people within combat sports now obviously from my point of view having an MMA background it is mostly MMA orientated or at least crossover sport orientated but I didn't want to call it I didn't I didn't want it to be specific MMA because again I have I have aspirations of of helping athletes in 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 any sport essentially Mm -hmm. um in time but my immediate concern and my immediate priorities are those the you know is that huge network that I've built over the last 10 years within MMA within BJJ Muay Thai you know few boxes in there and stuff again because it's it's crossover sports um relating mostly to mma so um the idea initially started um i explained earlier that obviously my little girl goes to john o'mir's gym uh john had a fight coming up he was looking for some sponsors and stuff um and I, I just suggested that, I'd, you know, I'd have a chat with a few of the parents in the class because I used to, Layla was going to the classes for sometimes five times a week because he, he has a different class on every weekday evening for mm-hmm. an hour. So uh, I got to know quite a few of the parents in there. I knew a couple of them had businesses. Um, so I just thought, I'd, uh, you know, I'd sort of mention it and explain what John O might be able to do for the, you know, for the money in return for their businesses and stuff. And I actually ended up getting um, around about two, two and a half grand's worth of committed oh, wow. sponsors just from chatting to to parents. So one of them was, you know, just a £500 one-off. Here you go. Thank you very much. Um, and another one, which took a little longer and, and ended up being with a, a good friend of mine who I've known for quite some time. Um, a, a local utilities company green utilities they um the lad who runs that i used to work with and his his son is a similar age to my daughter and he started taking his son because he's seen on facebook i was taking my daughter um and he you know he'd built a good relationship with john owen and he's seen the opportunity there and he was actually the one um that suggested could we do something monthly as opposed mm-hmm. to you know up front and that sort of jarred me on in the sense of well you know as it currently stands traditional sponsorships usually involve a big lump sum of money changing hands in advance of the next fight Mm -hmm. and then 
by the time that fight is over, the fight is already moving on to who's going to be my next sponsor. And it only really shows more more interest if you are going to continue to give him that lump of money for every fight that he's in. So what I actually thought was, you know, we could potentially try and do this and, and, and aim it at, at small businesses, local businesses who would benefit from word of mouth marketing you know i mean listen let's let's be honest sponsorships isn't the best type of marketing out there we, we, we you yeah. know i'm not going around lying to people and saying you're going to get much more business out of sponsoring a fighter than you would by doing search engine optimization on google but let's be honest there's a there's a lot more value to sponsoring somebody or some you know or, or a platform for a business than there is just doing search engine optimization because it gives you a story to tell it shows yeah. that you're committed to giving back to your local community to your local athletes to you know whatever it might be and that's the story i tell them i also try and explain that you know what a lot of people traditionally thought with sponsorships is you when you hand over the money you've paid them it's their job now to try and get something back but ultimately they are fighters it's ultimately their job to punch people's head in not to promote your business like yeah that's that's their job you know the fact that you're supporting them they want to help you promote your business but they're not subject matter experts in your business they can't hold a conversation with somebody who may be interested in buying your products or or what have you so there was this idea whereby because i'm i'm a product manager um i, I i've been involved in in telecommunications for many years and i've gone you know through the through the ropes and now it's my job to kind of take new products to market i have I've learned over time to be able to look at a new product, no matter what that is, highlight its benefits, features, and come up with campaigns to promote it because ultimately that's what I do in my job. I, I, I take yeah. things relevant to our business. We look at them. We determine whether it'd work in our channel, why it work in our channel, and, and push it out and promote it. So I thought I could do that for the fighters. So I could add value by saying, well, you'll get the usual stuff that you get in a sponsorship. You'll get a logo on a T-shirt or a, or the fight shorts. You'll get your you know your name on the on the fight banners, and they'll tag you in on pictures on on social media and all that usual stuff. But what I bring to the table as well is a level of management because let's be honest, they're human beings, and you're not their priority, whether we like mm-hmm. it or not. As a yeah. as a as a sponsor, their their priority is them. It's it, it's ultimately their safety when they're getting in a cage and being punched by another human being. So you know it's good to have someone there to remind them the importance of helping those who help you. Yeah, uh, because it's easy to forget when you you know when you're in fight camp and you're not eating and you're grumpy. Um, but in addition to that, my own experience in being able to promote, come up with campaign ideas, think outside the box provide uh provide additional content like um you know copywriting for newsletters um you know that they could then send out to their own audience we could provide um play-by-play write-ups for for the fights that they're involved in so they can publish that on their on their websites and talk about the fighters that they that they sponsor um and 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 then obviously it grew from just not only supporting the fighters but then what can we do for the platforms that put these fighters on? So again, obviously come back to wanting to help Adam from him, him getting me involved. And, you know, I thought, what can I do for FCC? What can I do for the likes of, you know, Almighty, UKFC, yeah. Golden Ticket, all these other promotions that are out there that are working their absolute bollocks off, to put it bluntly, to provide a platform for all of these guys. What can I do for them? Um, 
So, you know, we started thinking about, well, depending on budgets, we could potentially provide sponsorships. Those with slightly higher budgets can either have an individual athlete who's maybe at a higher level or actually they could use that bigger budget to get access to an entire show as opposed to an individual fighter only fighting once in a night. And we could talk about packages that include branding in the cage and uh, pay-per-view logos, logo ads and, um, you know, sponsored banners at photo shoots and stuff so it just began expanding bit by bit and I, I just sort of wanted to help who I could and then obviously the opportunity came along to work with Emma um on the back of again they, they they're ultimately a, a self-funded organization a few of the guys that I I had on my my roster of athletes that I was helping were uh, qualifying for the is it the world's what was it? Mm-hmm. What what competition was it in Abu Dhabi in January? Yeah, was it's it? the world. It was the junior yeah. and senior world championships. That's right. So I had I had both a junior and a senior on those teams already or represented, who obviously made me aware that they have to self fund their trips and stuff like that because obviously it's I, I wasn't aware it was completely unfunded because it's not sport yeah. England recognised. So again, I was like, well, let's do something about that. You know, and we've pulled in, we've pulled in sponsors for those. And for me, it's, 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 it's become a, an opportunity to, to give back to a sport that I love. Uh, I'm making a little bit of money along the way, nowhere near where I need to be to be able to give up my full-time job and do it. But for me, it's more about, you know, engaging with some of the guys that I'm working with. I mean, some of the kids I've got, I've got on the books, they're so talented and, um, you know, I, I I know full well. I mean, obviously, like, I hope everyone gets into the big shows, the Bellators, the One FCs, the PFLs, and ultimately the UFC. But I know I could probably name three or four, five maybe of the guys that I've got on my rosters now. Outside of those that are already well on the way to making it and, and well established in the pro ranks, I'm talking about amateurs that I think I could go, right, you know, I've got a good three, four, five that are going to be UFC level athletes and to be a part of that for me is 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 the most you know rewarding bit of it you know to be able to say in, in maybe another 10 years because imagine if i was doing this 10 years ago i'm yeah. i might i you know i might have been the one signing paddy up for his multi, yeah. for his million pound deal with barstool sports <laughs> if i would if i would have approached him at the age of 17 and done that you never yeah. you never know um but no that more to the point like i say is um there's obviously a clear benefit from it and it's presenting it's it's building opportunities as well like one thing i really do want to mention is uh how how grateful i am for the likes of uh carl messon uh heavy duty fight management he's uh he's seen the good that i've been doing for the guys that i represent he's realized it's something i could help him with because obviously as as an actual fighter manager you know there's so much more to do outside of just finding sponsorships that it's an easy yeah. one to neglect or to leave yeah, yeah. your fighters. So he obviously invited me on the board to to be, you know, sort of head of sponsorships for all heavy duty fighters, uh, heavy duty fight management fighters. Um, so my, my portfolio like literally doubled overnight. I've still not had a chance to sort of onboard properly. I've hardly yeah. spoken to many of them because it all came around so quickly, but like the fact that it's being recognized as, as a really useful addition to the community 
Um, the fact that I'm being presented with, you know, opportunities to work with some of the best athletes, not just in the country, but, you know, in, like around the globe now, we've got access to to athletes in the Middle East. I've got access to athletes in Europe now through HD fight management. So, you know, the, the potential is is really there for it to grow into something, you know, beautiful that can be that can be a, a real um a real sort of stepping stone for anyone getting into combat sports to, you know, help find support, funding, uh, you know, even networking, putting people in touch, you know, the whole I'm, one thing I'm loving, and again, sorry I keep bouncing from things because it's not really very formatted, but one thing I'm really loving and what I'm seeing out of my amateurs is there's so much more kind of gym, sh- what's the right word, gym hopping, gym sharing. Gym hopping's yeah. quite got a negative connotation to it because it sounds yeah. like you're yeah, yeah. getting, but my point is, is people are more open to training with people from other gyms. And for me, that's it's just immense. Like the, 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 the way it's adapting and, and stuff like that, like I just I just want to see more of that. I want to see the sport becoming more open, more inclusive, um, you know. And uh, yeah, I just hope Sponsorite can can sort of fill a void because, again, one of the one of the main reasons that that I started it outside of wanting to help some friends was that the the combat sports scene as a whole is ignored until you've already made it. At which point, you know, there's a lot of small businesses and local businesses out there that have missed a really good opportunity to be involved with someone from the grassroots upwards. And, you know, like I said, some of these guys now that that are at amateur level, you know, they'll take sponsorships for, you know, peanuts at the, at the minute yeah. because they're just happy to have someone's name on the shorts to get a little bit of support, whether it's contributing towards paying for the gym, whether it's just a little bit of petrol money each month, whether you you know whether it's covering the um food prep in the in yeah. the four weeks run up to the fight when they diet in you know all these little things that you could be doing from now these these people will be so grateful by the time they get to the UFC they'll be onboarding sponsors for hundreds of thousands of pounds getting millions of views and if you've been there from the beginning giving them 100 quid here or 500 quid per fight or you know we're talking peanuts to any established business yeah, you will be getting it at probably. You'll be getting the same kind of support and the same kind of promotion that the likes of, you know, these these global brands. I'm not going to mention the specific brands, yeah. but global brands that buy into MMA fighters for hundreds of thousands of pounds, sometimes millions. You'll be getting similar promotion for 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 still peanuts. I mean, it won't be the the you know the fifty quids and hundred quids a month that you know that you, that you might be getting them for now, but it's not going to be the the hundreds of thousands they're gonna they're gonna want to take you with them you help and, support them unless there. a fight let's be honest unless a fighter is a complete arsehole if you've helped them from their i don't know let's say um i'm gonna pick on uh aaron sutherland so paul sutherland's boy aaron is mustard fighter real real good little fighter so he's only a nipper um He's early teens, I think Aaron is. So if there was a if there was a company that started sponsoring him now through sponsor right, let's just a hypothetical situation. They start sponsoring Aaron now through sponsor right. Aaron in five years time turns professional because then he's 18 and he can turn professional. So that company's been sponsoring him with just just a bit of sweetie money 
some money to help him buy a new pair of trainers or or, or whatever it may be or a new bit of uh, new bit of training gear um then all of a sudden he turns 18 he turns pro because he's had a he's had a, a good base the amateur career turning up to pro he turns pro then he's 23 so another five years down the line all of a sudden he's he's won a couple of handfuls of fights he's now being touted by the ufc or, or whatever it may be or one championship or pfl or whoever the big boy is bellator whoever the big boy is at that point in time He's more likely to take somebody that's helped him for the last 10 years and go, you know what? I can't give you it for free, but I'm being offered £30,000 a fight by this person. I'm going to still have you on board with me for X pennies on pennies on the pound. Yeah, pennies on the pound. But But then not only that, sorry, Ricky, but not only that, but then. Every single time the UFC, how many times has the UFC showed one of Paddy's fights or one of one of um, one of Connor's fights from from uh, uh, they've showed a snippet of Connor lifting the two belts up on on uh, on, on Cage Warriors yeah. or or whatever it may be with Paddy with Tom with with Bisping with anybody else with with Dan Hardy they've shown the old fights but what's on those old fights they got the shorts on. They've got yeah. a banner behind them. Yeah, They've got their T-shirt just on. And, and just to give you just to give you an inkling of those numbers, yeah. So yeah, and and I'm sure Adam Tail shout at me if I get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure that when Paddy hit it big, FCC's YouTube channel went to like 22 million views almost oh, overnight because I think he had two or three fights. Now I could I could be right. He might have gone to eight million initially and it grown up to 22 or something. But I know these we're talking like the 20 million views mark at one point during that. You know, and and it's and it's maintained good views since as well because obviously yeah. on top of Paddy you've got the likes of Tom Aspinall, Lerone Murphy. Um, you know, uh, Paul Craig's fought on FC. So th- there's loads that have yeah. sort of cut. So there's, there's lots of UFC level fighters that are encouraging that. But when Paddy went viral, his traffic went up multiple millions overnight. And like I say, bear in mind, we're talking like 10 years ago when sponsors were probably paying Adam to have stickers on the cage. 100 quid, 200 quid for a sticker in the cage. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, there's 20 million people globally looking at that sticker on the cage, you know, like sponsors don't realize the potential value in sponsorships because it doesn't necessarily equate to immediate sales overnight. You know, the, the, the I keep reiterating the benefit in sponsorships is, is more the fact that you're helping somebody than anything else. Anything else is above and beyond. It doesn't make it a charitable donation. It just makes it an investment that might take longer to pay off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's for me, it's a, it's a very worthwhile investment because it's not just, you're not just giving your money to a bank. There's real, there's a real person or these real people at the end of, of the funding um, that can literally change your life if, yeah. if, if you stick with them and support them these you know it could be nothing they might end up some of these amateurs might end up hitting 18 19 finding the ale and bombing it off 
yeah, yeah. It's, it's a risk everyone takes you know I, I could I might put my my life into someone now who's 12 13 years old you know thinking they're going to be the next big thing I'll support them you know no matter what throughout and in in eight years time like I said they might you know anything could happen if it's a female they might get pregnant and have to look after the child or quit the sport or it could be anything you know like I said males find the beer or you know just yeah. get away from the life or whatever like it happens but at the same time so does so does the other stuff the the yeah. big stuff but, but um, not only that, but that that fighter, even though it's not something to 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 shout about, that fighter that you've sponsored might have fought somebody like Paddy. So it might not be Paddy them, himself who yeah. who's done the fighting, but it might be somebody that's fought Paddy that you've sponsored for fifty quid, hundred quid, two hundred quid, or <laughs> yeah. somebody like Paddy, and then all of a sudden you get just as much exposure off of that <laughs> yeah, fight yeah. because oh hang on a minute, who's th- in whatever it may be exactly okay i like the look of that logo and let's have a look at it quickly and there's going to be somebody that will look at it so you'll get the exposure just from being involved you don't have to sponsor paddy or someone like paddy or connor whoever it may be but you're sponsoring somebody who may fight them or may excuse me may even be on the same fight card so all of those views that adam had at fcc because of paddy going viral people would have likely watched more fights on fcc and then you'll get an exposure second third fourth degree exposure of paddy being on there so yeah exactly exactly yeah and like i say the 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 talent pool now is phenomenal in the uk um and and those opportunities are only going to become more and more prominent as as uk athletes become more and more globally recognized yeah 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 you know, Definitely. the fact so, that we are stacking cards now in the UFC, they're bringing it over and they're not having to bring over their own fighters. The fact that, you know, from from top to bottom of the bill is, is you know, European, mostly UK-based fighters, as opposed yeah. to, you know, putting the main one headline in it and then one or two others on the prelims and then the rest is just, you know, working out the, the rest of the division. The, fact that, the fact that UFC have rejigged their schedule to come back so quickly it used to be once a year maybe twice a year at most we've now got it what twice in three months twice in four months in in london that it's it's going on yeah we need to get it moving around to 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 manchester the northeast maybe up in scotland it would be brilliant if they could do it up in scotland as well taking the ufc to ireland um into what we've got pfl going to london and to wales we've got bellator that quite often going over to dublin it's just exciting times isn't it and there's so there's so much opportunity for people out there like it's it's scary um and yeah, it's if the opportunity is there for the fighters, the opportunity is there for small local businesses to help these guys out, get involved, and enjoy, enjoy the fights. You know, like I said, if you if you help sponsor a fighter, you know, I have good relationships likely with the majority of the promoters on the shows that they're going to be going to. I'll I'll help get you tickets. You know, we'll get you there. Mm-hmm. We'll get you in front of it. You'll experience something new. You know, firsthand. You'll have access to a completely new audience that you never thought of tapping into. It's just it's just an exciting time to be part of MMA. And um, and like I said before, I just hope what Sponsorite is offering is is contributing in some small part to 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 helping the whole scene get better. Yeah, 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 mate. Definitely, definitely. 
it's absolutely brilliant so what's so what's next for sponsor i know we've we've spoke about where you want to be over the next over the next coming months what of uh, or, or the next go forward to maybe the end of the year what's 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 in the plan what's in the bank for sponsor right then going forward for the next six months at least so it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride the last few months especially with the partnership with hd fight management Mm-hmm. Um, so my plan is really just to kind of slam the brakes on a bit and spend some solid time promoting the guys that I've got, finding deals for the guys that I've got. I went through a, a, a kind of rapid growth period at the beginning because I didn't expect for it to get the traction it did. I mean, probably naively, because ultimately I do this on a kind of no win, no fee basis. I don't charge a monthly fee for it. I spend as much time as possible promoting everyone that I work with. And I only get any money back if I actually find them some sponsorship. I take a very small yeah. percentage of, of of what's offered as part of the sponsorship deal or the total contract value. So um so the the people that wanted the service, given there was no charge for it, like just blew my mind. Um I expected I think in, in my initial business plan I said like within six months I hope to have twenty fighters. And I thought I think I had like thirty within two. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> so it yeah it 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 went it 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 went really big and then obviously the HD fight management opportunity came along and that pretty much doubled that portfolio overnight. So if I'm completely honest, I want to I want to find my feet. I want to be able to put some work in for everyone who's onboarded right now, um, and then hopefully if we. Um, if if we start picking up some some momentum and getting these getting more sponsors in, um, I'll look to to open the doors and and bring on new new athletes sort of later in the year, um, and and potentially you know look to bring some staff in, maybe get some you know bring some more agents in who can focus on on bringing on board more um, more sponsorships for the athletes that we recommend. In which case we can again open the doors you know to. To, to new athletes and stuff but in in general you find that I'm, I'm you know at events almost every weekend one two events almost every weekend um if anyone sees me out and about by all means you know come over say hello introduce yourselves um i'm happy to have a chat i'm also happy to help anyone who who just generally wants advice like mm-hmm. you know, you, just because you're not on my roster of athletes, don't mean you can't pop me a little inbox saying, "Listen, I've got a company here offering me X, Y, and Z, but it's got a clause in my contract that says this. I'm a bit worried about it." You know, I, I'm happy to give advice. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, it might take me a few days to get round to answering and responding, especially if you're not on the books and I've got other questions from my guys yeah. that are. <laughs> but like I said, the whole the whole point of it is is to help. I'm here to help and support. And even if you're not on my books, I'm I'm happy to try and give any kind of guidance or advice I can. And you could take it with a pinch of salt. You know, sometimes it'll be good advice. Sometimes maybe not. I'm you know I'm only human, but I'll I'll, I'll give it, and you can take it or leave it. You know, if you ask so for it. The worst bit of advice I've ever heard from anyone. <clears throat> um is is uh you may or may not have heard of him i think you might have done is uh is is a ring announcer called kyle greaves um a few years ago he got offered um he he was emceeing on an event uh sponsored by bitcoin and he got offered right you can either have your x amount of money two three hundred quid whatever it's going to be in in pound shillings and pence or you can have 200 quid's worth of bitcoin he was like poke that bitcoin shit up your ass give me my money now (laughs) 
<laughs> oh no kyle um he doesn't speak about that very often anymore i think uh, but he did i definitely remember the story yeah yeah he oh, got, no. got offered his wages in bitcoin or money and he was like punk that shit i want my money yeah it was probably about 100 grand's worth of bitcoin he got offered so uh, oh. you know, today's money or even more but uh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll certainly refrain from offering any financial advice it would be <laughs> it's up to you how you spend or accept your money i'll just be trying to negotiate as much money as i can for you yeah. in any currency i can get at this stage because you know yeah. sponsorships they're not they're not easy to come across so no 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 and that's it and that's it and, and, and it it's it's uh it's it's tough market for everyone it is an absolutely tough market yeah, for everyone yeah 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 there's a lot of people but, out uh, there that would love to give and can't and you know you've got to appreciate that yeah and that's it and and even when you look at some of the so um one of my sponsors is um is is my friend uh my friend fred big fred he he, he runs mauler mma and what we're doing is we he's working with me to to produce a clothing like just a just a um mma origin stories t-shirt something like that and that's that's his payment to me is we're working together to get that sort of stuff out so it's, it's sponsorship can come in a variety of pieces it depends Definitely. if you need the money Definitely. take money if you need this there could be a yeah listen if it saves you money elsewhere in your life yeah <laughs> you know at the end of the day it, products and services can be just as useful and just and just the same as cash these athletes ultimately mm-hmm. these guys are human beings you know if, if uh, these guys need need cars to get to and from the gym if you're going to save them 10 grand on buying a car and you own a yeah. car dealership you don't you, you might want to give them a car and then sell sell the story about how you gave a car to a fighter who's used it to go to and from training and has now gone from being in regional shows to the ufc it's a great story to tell you've gave away your product you've promoted your product consistently throughout the store and the athlete might not have got 10 grand <laughs> in cash but yeah. they would have got a 10 grand car Based on obviously, I would have fees for for yeah. making the introduction and and sort of brokering the agreement. But that ten grand car they would have got, I can assure you, for a very 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 small fraction of that ten thousand pound price tag. And if they would have got it as a sponsorship through Sponsorite, you know. So there's 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 so much that can be done on anything, you know. The, we're all humans. There's people out there that need, you know need new kitchens if you're a kitchen fitter there's people out there that you know like i said the this is outside of the usual stuff the food preps the supplements you know the the gym memberships the personal training the nutritional advice all that stuff standard like obviously we want all that we want we want as much of that as we can the support for our fighters and and, and product and service related stuff um you know around fight wear and and training gear and stuff that that's a standard but if you're out there and you know you run I don't know. You might run a um, you might run a garage. You yeah. might want to offer them, uh, fr- you know, free MOT and up to you know up to a grand's worth of repairs a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then then they'll promote you. You can you, they can bring your car to to they can bring their car to you whenever they need. Every time they bring it for repair and MOT a service, whatever you you'll get a bit of a shout out. Um, you know they'll carry your logo on the t-shirts and. And and that's all you need to do, and it saves them money elsewhere. So for that, you know, for that grand's worth of 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 treatment, that would probably cost the fighter, you know, hundred quid, two hundred quid through me, and they'd get a grand's worth of 
savings and elsewhere in the life so yeah, yeah it's not just sponsorships aren't just about cash funding and they aren't just about products and services within the industry like we will promote anybody who's willing to help and that you know that thousand pounds with a car repairs or that two thousand pound new kitchen or even you know part part use kitchen or display kitchen that you've given somebody um you know, it saved them that money that, that they can then reinvest into the training, whether it be additional kit for training, whether it be the meal preps or what have you. We still, it's, it's still indirect cash funding because they would have had to spend the money elsewhere at some point, you know. Exactly, exactly, mate, exactly. But um, but look, Ricky, it's been, it's been brilliant talking to you, mate. Is, is there anything else like, so just let people know how they can get hold of you via social media, how they can get hold of you for, for, for sponsor right side of it. And this is both athletes in maybe six months time, not, not straight away athletes, but he's, he's got yeah. his feet under the table with a, yeah, with, please with give me a chance. <laughs> yeah. There but, is, but, there's so, a battle so companies that, that want to get involved with sponsorship through sponsor, right. Um, and, and obviously your personal stuff as well. You put, if you want to push, push any of your personal socials as well, this is your platform. It's your, it's your couple of minutes to do that, mate. Yeah, listen, the most important thing for me is, is getting the sponsor right message out there. Like we we really do want to help local businesses and we really want those local businesses to be involved with local athletes, local promotions um, and, and you know, use traditional word of mouth and brand exposure to, to really get some traction out there. So um, if anyone's even remotely interested, they're welcome to visit the website, which is www.sponsorite.net. Um, it would be great if people could uh, give us a like on Facebook, it's Sponsorite UK, or give us a follow on Instagram, which is at Sponsorite Limited. That's LTD at the end, not the full word limited. So Sponsorite LTD. Um, and again, either pop us a private message or follow the contact us routes via the website with any questions. Everything's, you know, it, there's, there's no there's no obligation, no pressure when speaking to me, when reaching out. If you've got an idea, you're concerned about your budget, you're worried, don't be. You know, we can have the chat and, and, and if it's right for you, it's right for you. And if it's not, it's not. Well, you know, we move on to the next one. I understand that it's a tough market out there for everybody. And and the last thing I want to be is that irritating, mithering guy who's just trying to rinse every last penny out here. Um, yeah. you know for their own benefit that's that's not what we're about we're all about helping and returning the help to those that that give the support to the community yeah mate that's brilliant that's absolutely brilliant uh, I, I can't say man after my own heart ricky just thank trying you, to mate. give back to the community so um but ricky thank you very much mate thank you again for for coming on the show and um and yeah well i'll see you i'll see you next week at, at the fit expo as well yeah look forward to it mate see you there cheers mate thank you thanks again to ricky for joining me on this episode he's offering a great platform for athletes and promotions to secure longer term funding to help grow the sport in the last eight months alone he has secured funding for the promotions athletes and most importantly from my point of view english mixed martial arts association for in excess of fifty thousand pounds keep up the good work mate i can't wait to have you back on the show in future to see how much you've evolved Remember to like and subscribe to the show on social media and your listening platform of choice. Sharing the show with your friends and family will also help the show grow and its sponsors to grow along with it, as well as the rest of the MMA community. Next time, I'll be joined by wine gum fueled mankini wearing snapper, Mark Mogridge.